my name is Krista Colvin. My essay was on how animal protesting does more harm for animals than good. And in this podcast, I'll be explaining in-depth reasons of why I believe this to be true, but also giving opposite ends of the argument on how it can be resourceful and useful for people. In my essay, I gave examples of scenarios of when animal protesting just went way too far, such as protesters slaughtering their own animals on live TV, taking their own lives during a protest, their own animals that they were meant to be protecting. These events and actions seem to be only the surface of how far these protests can be taken, and these actions also seem to be a very common theme that I ran across when I was researching for my essay. Another common thing that I ran across was public nudity, which in America is a crime that you can be arrested for. PETA is well known for their animal advocacy and for the running theme of them having supporters walk nude through public streets holding signs that call people out for wearing animal products, such as leather, wool, and animal fur, even though most of these are fake that are produced today, but that does not seem to matter in the eyes of these protesters. In an incident in 2016, a group of PETA protesters and supporters were pepper sprayed, arrested, and sentenced to three days in jail for assault on citizens, police officers, for damaging um, private property, and for public nudity. These events, such as this one, are not very unique and have been a very common theme and event that has happened in past years, mainly from PETA supporters and from private organizations. One thing that is a very big issue with these protests and with PETA and their supporters in general is misinformation that is gained from sources such as PETA and from private organizations that are supporters of PETA. PETA is well known for being an organization that supports animal rights and animal welfare, which also means that PETA supports having animals being treated on the same level as humans and that they have rights of their own that we cannot take away. A big misinformation about PETA is that PETA believe, people believe that PETA is saving lots of animals and keeping them safe and finding homes for them from their own supporters. PETA owns shelters across America and a few in unspecified areas that I could not find. People believe that these shelters are homing developments that help rebuild, rehabilitate abused and neglected animals and they are being rehoused in these shelters until they're able to be adopted out. This is not true. Every single PETA shelter that I could find is a kill shelter, which means that when these shelters get animals in from the outside, whether it be from people abandoning them or giving them up to the shelter, or just finding them being neglected and abused and saving them, that 
if the animal is there for too at the shelter for too long, is too old or too sick to be taken care of or be adopted out, they will be euthanized. Statistically speaking, it in an article written from a scientist and statistic analyst, forty four thousand animals have been killed by PETA since two thousand ten, whether this be in the shelters or animals being killed in the midst of a protest. And only 64 animals in the last year have been adopted out of these shelters. And that is a very low percentage for the amount of animals that are being sent to PETA from supporters believing that these animals are going to be taken care of and saved. Which is not the case. And I believe that this is a big misinformation, big piece of misinformation from PETA and supporters that has not been publicly addressed by either PETA or the public and has not been discussed with how this can change. And I believe that from the information that I collected about PETA in general, that the protests and supporters are not going to a very good cause because specifically of how many animals PETA has killed in the past that has been recorded and has been public information that has not been addressed. In personal experience, I have found protests for animals to be doing more harm to both the animal and people, more so than good. When I was 15, my mother worked for a trucking company for about three years, and this trucking company would drive animals from feedlots to processing plants, and their main animal that they would drive was cows. For context, these truck drivers would drive big semis with big cattle trailers behind which had three different levels and could hold maybe a hundred cows or so. When they are driving from feedlots to these processing plants, it was not uncommon to see protesters, whether it be PETA supporters or just private organizations protesting to stop driving animals and to stop eating meat in general. One of these specific events I was present for, I went to work with my mother to see exactly what she did because I was interested, at that time I was interested in becoming a meat inspector and I wanted to speak with different people that she worked with. And at this time, we were driving to a processing plant, and like I said, it was not uncommon for protesters to be either right by the gates or lined up along the road. It was, however, uncommon for them to step out in front of the trucks, because these trucks specifically were very big semis. And while most protesters put behind their own safety when they do things that can get them arrested. Most of the time they do not want to lose their lives when they are protesting. But this specific event, apparently they did not care. And we were driving with a full um, trailer of cows. And me and my mother were discussing what happens to cows when they go into processing plants. 
while we were discussing this, one of the protesters stepped out in front of the trailer in the truck and we had to slam on the brakes. One thing that I find is a common theme is the misinformation that people have about what they're protesting and how they go about protesting. And this is one event that proved that. Because if this lady was aware of what exactly would happen to the cows if they were injured when we had to slam on the brakes, I do not believe that she would have done what she did. To inform you of what happens, when cows are injured on the trailer, such as breaking their leg or hurting their shoulder to the point where they cannot walk out of the trailer. When we get to the processing plant and they unload all the other cows, not only is the cow trampled while others are climbing out, that cow is then left in the trailer until all other cows are taken into the plant for either a holding pen or for processing. And that cow is then, they go in and kill the cow in the back of the trailer and drag it out and throw it in a dumpster pile to be taken by a dead hauler later. So this lady was misinformed or was not aware that her stepping in front of the truck and causing us to harm for everyone than good. Because not only could a cow get injured or multiple cows get injured and then they are not even used and they are wasted and their life is being taken for granted and wasted and thrown away, then my mother is also blamed because a cow was injured while she was in charge of them. Because from driving from the feedlot to the processing plant, she is fully responsible for everything that happens to the cows while they are in her care. And if one gets injured, that then goes on her record that a cow was killed while she was driving, whether it be her fault or not, since that lady did step in front of the truck. When the lady stepped in front of the truck, she, my mother slammed on the brakes, and thankfully no cow was injured, but my mother was furious about this, because not only could she have killed a lady had she not been able to stop in time, but then she would also be responsible for any of the cows that got injured, and then that would go on her record. So my mother rolled down the window and asked this lady what she was thinking when she stepped in front of the truck, and the lady said, since you take the cow's life for granted, why don't you take human's life for granted, because that is exactly what you're doing to the cows. And my mother did not respond at the time, but then she was talking to me about what she believes, and which I will not discuss here, but I began thinking about how people will put their own lives at risk to save cows and animals that they have no idea of what they are used for because processing cows are raised for meat and specifically for us to eat because of the way they're raised they have more protein and muscle and fat on them than um, show cows or dairy cows. They're raised specifically to be eaten and they will not be any good anywhere else because they were raised specifically to be eaten. And I believe that this was a misinformation that a lot of people have when they are protesting for things that they are not fully aware of.
and I hope through discussing this in this podcast that people will have a better understanding of exactly why sometimes it more it does more good to leave things alone than to protest for them and not have any information about what you're protesting or how much harm that can cause for both people and the animals that you think you are trying to save. In an interview I conducted with my mother, I asked questions that varied from me asking her about her personal experience that I discussed earlier to how she believes things can be changed to, from how they are now to the most idealistic version of how animal protesting can be used and how it can be useful. She explained that she believes that people, when they are protesting, see the most idealistic version of what they are doing. An, an example of this would be if I was protesting to stop chickens from being harvested and to have everything be free-range. I would see that chickens would not be kept in cages and that they would be able to roam free in grass and not have to worry about getting sick from the nasty environment that they are kept in. When in reality, if I was informed about what free range really meant, and the fact that they have cages, they can just choose to get out and walk around, yet chickens actually prefer to be in closed spaces, such as a cage, and that's why they're kept in there, then I would see that it would do more harm to the um, company because they would have to then pay to have more room for the chickens when the chickens will not use it. And that's what she meant by the most idealistic version. Because you see what you want and you see the most ideal version of it, but you're misinformed about exactly why things are the way they are as of right now and that that is the best ideal version for the animal and not for what I believe should be. And I believe that this was a very good piece of information that she gave. And the fact that most people are misinformed about why things are the way that they are now. And that they protest and they argue for something that will not benefit anybody except their own thoughts. And what they believe that they did was good. A good example of this... A good example of this on the opposite end of the spectrum, however, is an event that happened recently in Spain with a rabbit farm. And I did mention this in my essay, but it was a very brief um, paragraph. So, a unnamed animal advocate was informed about how a Spanish rabbit farm was abusing their rabbits and not taking care of things as they should be. And while I can mention the fact that while she did see the most idealistic version of this in her mind, she actually ended up doing more good than anything. Because she exposed the farm for how they were mistreating their rabbits. And since then, more than seven rabbit farms in Spain were sued and they were closed for brutal and inhumane conditions for their rabbits. All because 
of this one advocate who wanted a change for these animals. And while most of these cases, such as this, go the opposite way, this is one where animal protesting and animal advocacy kind of go in one, and they do so much more good than anything else. And in the article that I got the source from, it said that 16 rabbits were rescued by this um, advocate and one other, and they were shot at and tried and chased by the police and the farmer for taking these 16 rabbits. But when it, the rabbit was looked at by a veterinarian, it was found that the rabbits were dehydrated, starving, and had preventative neurological diseases, all because of the conditions that they were kept in. And so the farm was exposed for this, and they were sued by multiple parties for animal rights and advocates, and they were closed for the conditions and for the treatment of the animals. And this is one of the times that taking it a little too far to breaking into property is the best thing for the animals that they are trying to save, and is a very good example of when you see the idealistic version of something that you're trying to protest, how it can be more positive than negative, and how sometimes taking the extra time to really evaluate the conditions that the animals are in and exactly what you want to do about it can have more benefits than anything and shows exactly, if you think about it, how positive these things can be. I hope after this podcast you can further understand the difference between positive and negative when protesting and how researching and knowing what cause you're protesting can in fact benefit both parties of the animal and the human and how misinformation is the worst thing when it comes to animal protesting.